Hello again, and welcome to the next exciting installment of the Who Cares About Anime podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Lobo, and as always, I'm joined today by two of my very good friends and peers in the anime viewing and critiquing world. Let's go ahead and do the introductions. First off, here's my co-host, Peyton. This is the appropriate attire for peeping. <laughs> yes! Sorry, too excited already. And, of course, joining us again is our good friend and Tenchi aficionado, Will. This guy is Ryoko's? And, of course, I've already uh, I've already spoiled it, I guess, uh, while doing the introductions, but, of course, I'm sure you have deduced by now that the title that we're going to cover in uh, episode 10 of, uh, of our humble little podcast, we are now at episode 10, uh, not including uh, other uploads and special unnumbered episodes like our uh, top five uh, favorite music selections episode. But without further ado, the title we're going to cover today is the classic Tenchi Muyo. For those of you who don't know, Tenchi Muyo is, well, it's it's quite a mixed bag of early 90s slash OVA slash tsunami era goodness that uh, surprisingly is right up there for a lot of folks with Dragon Ball Z or Pokemon or Sailor Moon when it comes to a quote-unquote gateway drug into the miasma that we all know as anime. And so, of course, here's our little spoiler warning alert, uh, public service announcement if you have not seen uh, any iteration of Tenchi Muyo and don't want anything spoiled, here's where you should probably bow out and come back later because we're going to be talking about the OVA, probably a little bit of some of the spinoffs like Tenchi Universe and Tenchi in Tokyo, and uh, we, we certainly wouldn't want to spoil anything for you along the way. And beyond that, if you are not one of the people that has seen the Tenchi-verse, you should definitely go on and see that, because it is God-tier, and if you do not like it, you are wrong. There we go. Couldn't have said it better myself, uh, good sir. Yes, that's uh, we're, you're going to hear that reiterated over and over uh, in this episode, I'm sure, uh, folks. So there's a, another disclaimer for you. We all really, really adore Tenchi Muyo here, so here we go. Let's jump right into it. Uh, let's, uh, I figured let's start off as we normally do and let's share with each other and with the audience. How did you first get into Tenshi Muyo? When did you first see it? And what was your first impression of it? And, and what really hooked you when you first saw it? And let's go ahead and start with Peyton. Well, I actually discovered it accidentally as actually I'm sure a lot of people did, uh, via Toonami. I stumbled upon it the day it came out on U.S. airwaves on Toonami, as far as I'm aware, it first premiered on Toonami. I feel free to hop in, guys, if I am wrong with that as far as the dub cast. But I uh, I discovered it on Toonami one afternoon, and I was like, this is, this is a really good show. And, you know, me being a young, impressionable child, started watching it pretty regularly, and... Uh, you know, I still credit Tenchi Muyo as the reason why half of uh, our generation has a, like, oh my gosh, I can't commit to any one person. There's too many good people out there. Uh, <laughs> because this show just has so many appealing characters, particularly the the girls of Tenchi are some of the most versatile, well-rounded characters that don't simply serve as a, you know, 
staple romantic interest like you see in a lot of rom-com or rom-action type of genres. And as far as what I found appealing, I'd say it's just that. The characters in this show are very well-rounded and very intricately played out. And uh, not just in the OVA, but in this particularly, I'd say, in universe. But uh, overall, the characters, they just have a spark to them that's already in their writing very beautiful. And then you get the dubbed voice cast, which this is one of the shows where I will say dubs, not subs, 100%, particularly because of a uh, mutual friend slash voice actress of uh, John's and I that is a wonderful human being, Petraea Burchard. She is the goddess Ryoko, and we will all worship her forever. Um, As far as other things I found appealing, I just... not only the characters but just the universe i mean the story is if you were to just hear the story uh nowadays with the influx of harem anime genre uh it would sound kind of cliche but if you were to actually watch it and watch the universe that is built in this it is so beyond phenomenal from a writing perspective that I'd say it's pretty incomparable to anything else that came out in the uh, in the decade, and to a certain extent, uh, pretty unique even today. So that would be my uh, first thoughts on it. All right, all right. Thank you, sir. Fantastic answer. Will, what say you? When, uh, when, and where, and what about Tenchi first appealed to you? Let's see. How old am I again? What year is it? Uh, <laughs> so. Long story short, I've been around Tenchi Muyo for a while. Not as long as some, but longer than others. Uh, I first saw Tenchi Muyo when I was 17 in 1997, or 1996, somewhere in there, when it aired on the Sci-Fi Channel, when it was spelled correctly. Uh, Tenchi Muyo in Love, the first movie directed by, Hiroki, uh, by Hiroshi Nagishi, aired on the Sci-Fi Channel. I saw it, and... I was mesmerized. I saw this, uh, this this villain Kane and all these characters trying to defeat him in this very Back to Future-esque story. And I was like, who are these people? Where are they come from? They're so colorful. They're so lively. What possibly could have led up to this particular moment? And then I went to the Blockbuster. Yes, Blockbuster was a thing back in the 90s. I uh, went to the Blockbuster store. Not only was Tenshi Mui and Love sitting there on VHS, but the first two volumes of of the TV series, Universe, were sitting there next to it. I picked them both up, loved it to death. And uh, it's been a love-hate relationship for the past uh, 20, almost 20 years. <laughs> uh, it's It's been a great, It's it, to me, it's a great show. It's part, it's part of my maturation process as an adult. It's also one of the examples I always point to of how do you write certain characters? How do, what kind of what kind of archetypes, what kind of tropes can be uh, implemented? Particularly when you look at say Universe or the first first series of the OVA. What did I find appealing about it? Well, naturally, you have a mix of space battles, space magic, time travel, super science. Uh, you have characters from just about every walk of life. You have space cops, space pirates, space princesses. You have uh, mad scientists. You have all of these different people collaborating to form this one group of people we call the Masaki household. Many of them live there. Some of them don't. Mahoshi and Kione, move, uh, the cops, move off on their own and try and make it on their own. You have a bounty hunter who's running around all over space, cap- uh, go- going after the bad guys, <clears throat> sometimes offing the bad guys. And 
it's just such a colorful thing. It reminded me heavily of, say, Star Wars or Star Trek, and I love me some sci-fi, and it just caught my attention right away. And it's what's kept me there. It's the, the what could possibly be told in this universe. Uh, where could these characters go? What will happen to these characters next? And that's kind of where the bittersweet part part of the tale is. Is that in some ways, some con- this story, like many con- stories, have like multiple versions. Kind of like you have uh, Batman and what have you. You have these different variations. Some of them have have closure to them. Some of them have not. And while that does add the staying power, it also is a bit of a detriment because you never get a conclusion. And I'm happy to see different, some some different inca- incarnations of it show up. And it's probably a test of the series' staying power that the characters have been able to be reincarnated in different in- incarnations. And I find that find that just as appealing as the setting as well. All right, fantastic. Thank you for uh, for sharing, you guys. That's uh, you know, it's very difficult. Maybe more so than any other title to uh, really succinctly define uh, what it is, because I think it was so many things for me. I remember um, that's one of the few Toonami titles I can remember. I can remember Peter Cullen saying uh, starting Monday, July 3rd, and it was the year 2000. It was the summer of 2000. My goodness. And uh, I was, you know, just a 10 year old kid at that point. And, um, I can't remember if it was the OVA or universe that I first dipped my toes into, but uh, I remember, of course, I was very new to anime in general at that point. And I think as has been touched on already, uh, even in anime circles, even today, uh, let's see, it's uh, OVA first came out in 1992. So even here we are 20 plus years later, even within anime, even today, uh, it, it still retains such a venerated status and it's, uh, it, it remains unique. And, uh, so, so back then for me, I, I had just, I just seen nothing like it, experienced nothing ever like it. It was, there's, there's nothing, everything I was seeing, the characters, the, the, the premise, the plot that was unfolding as I, uh, began, uh, this crazy journey right along with Tenchi as he, uh, inadvertently, uh, curiosity got the best of him and he ends up sliding into, uh, you know, the forbidden shrine. And then all of a sudden you've got that whole, almost it's like an ancient aliens twist on it that, of course, any other sci-fi and uh, anime titles, uh, have capitalized upon over the years. But, uh, Tenchi, it was, uh, so it, it was, it was just everything about it. And, and I know we've said this a lot on this cast and there's a reason for that. But uh, but as has been said, and we'll I'm sure uh, time and again we're going to be mentioning things related to this. Uh, Tenshi Moyo, it really was the characters that did it for me. Had a great plot, interesting premise, which uh, like Payton said, um, is very old hat nowadays. Oh, a bunch of girls are interested in one guy. What we have you know nowadays with um, the harem genre, uh, I guess as it is now, and uh, of course a lot of rom-coms have setups like that now. Um, but of course me as a ten-year-old, I just I had no idea. I, rem- I can faintly remember wondering like, why are these girls so interested in in Tenchi? Why why, why are they all interested in him? I, and I, I why is Tenchi so why is he so uh, reticent to, uh, you know, to express anything around them or why is he trying to always get away from them? Uh, were some of the thoughts I was having, you know, before, uh, I was even a teenager, 
but um but but yeah they you know in a similar vein to what we've seen in the again 20 years since um you know neon genesis evangelion and a lot of um rigid archetypes being extrapolated from the very multifaceted characters like uh ray and asuka and shinji uh, you, we very much see that happen with um, a lot of the characters uh, in Tenshi Muyo, like Ryoko and Aika and Washu and Mahoshi. They really kind of became templates for so many later works. But I'm going to go ahead and say often imitated, never duplicated. Uh, you see a lot of Ryoko-esque characters. You'll see a lot of Aika-esque characters. You'll see some Washu-esque characters, but... You know, nobody can ever, you know, uh, approach these these characters. There, there's just something about it, um, as has been said. There was just there's just such a magic about that time. The OVA format itself was still fairly new. They were kind of the late 80s, early 90s was just kind of a zenith in terms of quality of OVAs at that time. And so we were fortunate enough to get a lot of those coming over here uh around late 90s early 2000s like the sci-fi channel or toonami and gorgeous animation you had an uh, amazing directors like in the case of tenchi muyo hiroki hayashi uh, who did other works like uh, el hazard we did a previous cast on that um you had writers like hasagawa and uh and you you just had so many great talents coming together uh, to make something truly unique. And so I guess that's a very long-winded answer on my part to say that basically everything hooked me right away. It was just the, the even I remember the theme, the instrumentation, using a lot of very traditional uh, Japanese instrumentation. Uh, again, me, a 10-year-old American kid from the Midwest, I had just never heard anything like that before. I've never seen anything like that before. And so I guess it was everything about about Tenchi, and uh, I, I suppose a lot of that is ineffable, as I'm sure a lot of our regular listeners, if you haven't heard the past 1,100 times that I've brought it up on previous episodes, um, you know, I, I and many other of my past guests, many years we were on Tenchi Cast, the one and only Tenchi Muyo podcast, and we've spent literally scores of episodes and years trying to explain what it is about Tenchi Muyo that we love, and as a mutual friend of ours uh, once said, it's an enigma. All right, let's uh, get right into it here. If we're going to talk Tenshi Muyo, I think you gentlemen know where I'm going with this, and I bet a lot of you listeners do as well. If you're talking Tenshi Muyo, as much as any other series out there, even more so, you you got to bring up favorite characters, and particularly, you know what I'm getting at, favorite girl, but in general, favorite character or characters, male or female. If you can narrow it down, who are some of your favorite characters from the whole of the um, the Tenchi Muyo franchise? And we'll start with you, Peyton. Of course you would start with me with a question like this, you bastard. <laughs> okay. Um, let me start off so that no wonderful, kind viewer wants to kill me by the end of this. I love all of the characters, and I will be the first to say I really don't think there's a single bad character in this show. I am going to go that far with my assessment of this show, which anyone that knows me in real life knows 
I can kind of be a cynic with some of these things because I've usually got a beef with at least some of the writing on something. So that's a pretty broad stroke for me. That having been said, uh, uh, okay, um, I'm probably going to say, first of all, everyone knows that's a Tenchi fan. The pig debate tends to drop between should Tenchi end up with Ayaka? Should he end up with Ryoko? Um, I'm going to say right now that uh, that that's kind of a fandom favorite like um, argument point is which girl is better, Ryoko or Ayaka. And I will say only one of those two falls into my favorite characters, and that would be Ryoko. And it is because, first of all, the best voice actress just ever for you know, that part, I, it was kind of those two trains passing in the night kind of thing. Just perfect, perfect casting. As far as favorite girls, I would probably say I'm going to go with the, with the regular cast. I'm going to go with three of them to kind of tie between, and that's going to be uh, Ryoko. Also, it's going to be Washu and also it's going to be Kione. If we're talking the extended universe, particularly, um, I am one of the few people <laughs> that I know that enjoys the character Sakia from Tenshi in Tokyo. And uh, there's a, a lot of debate over whether her character was good or not. I kind of love her. But as far as not the main cast of girls, but as far as the overall universe for this, because... This show just has so many good characters. I'm going to have to put out a couple shout-outs. One of the shout-outs I'm going to have to make is to Katsuhito, or Yosho, which is uh, Tenshi's grandfather. He is a wonderful, simultaneously a uh, you know master-slash-wonderful uh, wise man-slash-kind-of-goofy old guy who abandoned his former life to live on earth with someone he loved. And I think that's really beautiful. And his character, he just does, he doesn't do anything for the praise. He doesn't look for any form of attention. It's not brought up a ridiculous amount in a universe until the end, just how important he really was. But uh, I mean, it's a big story plot in the OVA. So if you watch OVA, yo shows a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. Um, but another uh, shout out I'm going to say is uh, Nobuyuki, which is Tenshi's dad, who is the most hilarious character, in my opinion, in the show. Particularly, I, I quoted it during my intro, the scene where it's kind of one of those, uh, shall we say, uh, token fan service episodes in the OVA where they're all at a bathhouse. And Nobuyuki just puts, you know pair of underwear kind of wrapped around his head and when Tenchi questions about it just goes oh this is the appropriate attire for peeping and proceeds to try to peep on the girls and he's just this kind of goofy lecherous old dad that is also still simultaneously a good guy and he really gets glossed over by a lot of people um, and then I'll just do one more shout out because I could honestly go on this train all day but I'm going to say one of the very first villains, Kagato, is for being on the show as short of a time as he is, 
is very interesting for his little part and has such an intense relationship with Ryoko and as a really strong initial adversary for Tenchi, it's this kind of, I mean, granted, Tenchi moves at a breakneck pace, so he's gone within, you know, a few episodes of his introduction, but he strikes a very strong menacing chord in a show that would otherwise be happy family rom-com and he brings a real sense of danger and adventure and something to strive for slash against in this series and it's really kind of serves as a crutch for ryoko's story plot and uh, i really don't think her character would have been nearly as well received if it weren't for that initial debacle that really kind of sets her up to be a very versatile person so uh yeah i could go much more long-winded but i'm going to save everyone the uh time and agony and uh pass it on down (laughs) all right well thank you for uh for tackling that uh sir i know that's a uh, very very difficult question so of course now i pose that very difficult question to you will copy paste it (laughs) um you know, favorite characters, and I guess, um, you know, Peyton kind of brought it up too, but so if, if there's any least favorite characters, um, uh, if, if you want to bring those up uh, too, but uh, but what do you think? Well, I'm going to give you the abridged version because I could probably talk about the cast of Tenshi Muyo in its entirety for probably an hour or two. So to save everyone that pain, I will unfortunately have to contradict you, Payden, and say there are characters in this show that I despise with the fire of a thousand suns. I will not mention them, except possibly in passing as I regard other characters. But yes, there are characters that I would love to shoot in the face very often and very repetitively. However, thankfully, they are none of the characters that you have mentioned. Um, favorite character. Favorite character. Specifically, favorite female character. I'm going to go ahead and go sh- give a shout-out to Tenshi Masaki himself. Because uh, Tenshi Masaki himself is, at least in the first, se- first series of the OVA and in Universe and in, t- and in Tokyo, uh, Tenshi in Tokyo as well, uh, he's just this teen- late teenage boy who's put in extraordinary situations and fit and realizes he's part of something larger and much like say luke skywalker in star wars or any other such protagonist he has to deal with it and he has to grow and one thing i love about universe and tokyo and the first series of the ova as well he does that he does have to step up and become the, become a, a a bigger human being. He has to grow up a bit. The opening of universe, he's very much kind of why is this always happening to me? At the end of universe, he's picking up the sword and he's facing the usurper of Jirai. In Tenshi OVA series one, he starts off as this curious dumbass who goes into a cave against his grandfather's commands. Uh, I still swear to God that uh, Katsuhito gave him those goddamn keys, uh, but. <laughs> He goes in there anyway, and he sets all this stuff in motion, and then at the end, he says, I, will, I would rather die than forsake any one of them. He steps up and faces this ruins buster, this badass space, space being that could easily terminate him at, at a moment's will. 
in Tokyo, same kind of thing. He starts off as like kind of mealy mouth. I don't want to upset anyone. But by the end, he's saying, no, fuck this. I'm going to go to Tokyo. I'm going to I'm going to have my girlfriend and I'm going to have my life. It's only when things get extraordinarily out of control that he is forced to have to do it and realizes that his initial decision was wrong. Uh in all of the different ser- in all of the main mainline series there's that moment where he has to step up and i want to give a shout out to him him he himself regardless of what happens to him in other continuities or in later series there was a time when tenchi misaki was a good character and i still applaud him for that as far as female characters uh that's going to be a difficult difficult choice as everyone has alluded to already the i'm going to give you my basically my top 3 and two of them have already been mentioned. They are Ryoko and they are Aieka. Ryoko is a badass space pirate who takes no shit from nobody, but at the same time has her feminine side. She definitely has people she falls in lo- she falls in love with a guy. She uh, has her mo- has her moments of weakness, but at the same time she's not afraid to throw the first punch, as even illustrated by the I Tenchi Moyo short series that came out in 2014. She hadn't lost a fucking beat. All right. And the voice acting of one Patria Burchard cannot go unnoticed. She definitely brought a lot to the table, and she is a great woman. Uh, however, the same can be said of Ayaka. While Ayaka doesn't get as much attention because Ayaka is much more the traditional princess archetype, um, in the first series of the OVA and in Hazagawa's novels as well, Ayaka plays a different role. She, she's not supposed to be the big flashy, uh, blow everything up character. She's not. She's much more reserved. She's, re- she's much more tied to tra- tradition. And it's that which is both her growth and her downfall. Because she tries very hard, especially in the first series of OVA and Hazagawa's novels, to do what her father commands, to marry the man she's supposed to marry. She's even been essentially indoctrinated in some ways to believe that that is her fate. That is what she was – hell, I even theorized that might have been what she was born to do. However, she then realizes that she can be more. And she starts kind of breaking out of it. She starts having affection for Tenshi, and she starts saying, no, I don't want to go back and be the princess anymore. I want to stay here and have what I want. It's when that shift changes that I claim that Ayaka starts coming into her own. Uh, you, see a li- you see much more of that in the universe when the usurpation of Jirai happens. And she realizes, I can't have my happy holiday, I have to go back and set this right, or more importantly, she's going to be killed. And probably everyone she cares about will be killed. Ultimately, spoiler alert, she chooses to leave the throne and go back to Earth. She was courting to be married at the beginning of the series, and then she, so that she could ascend the throne, because the throne had been empty for an unspecified amount of time. And she says, nah, I'm done, I leave. In the second film, based on it, directed by Hiroshi Nagishi as well, uh, same thing happens. She travels across all of uh, all of Japan, all of the world, looking for the man she loves. With Ryoko, I might add. And you see a lot more of her character development. I believe that, aside from Ryoko, Ayaka, in certain, certain continuities, gets just as much time and just as much uh, build-up as Ryoko does. Tenshi in Tokyo illustrates this as well. Where when the house starts breaking up because Tenshi has left, she's the one who's trying to pull everyone back. She's kind of in that series. She's the glue that holds everyone together. She tries to get get attention of everyone. Tries to say there's a problem. We must solve it. We have to do this as a unit, not as not individually. We have. She sees the bigger picture. 
and that's kind of her role as a as a princess as a leader is that she has to see the bigger picture now she's still like 19 20 years old so she, of course she's going to have her failings which she should be to have be to be a good character however i said top 3 Ryoko and Aika, of course, are the two that everyone vies for for Tenchi's affections. My third pick is a character that is not in any other series except for one. Her name is Nagi. She's the bounty hunter from Tenchi Universe. She's only in, and I've counted, six episodes. But the f- impact that she had, at least for me, was just as much sometimes as Ryoko or Aika. She could be funny. She could be played as the foil. She's She could fight toe-to-toe with Ryoko. She could fight the entire Jiraiyan fleet and give them a bloody nose before saying, see ya, <laughs> and flies off. Voiced by one of, one of my favorite voice actresses, which is Julia Fletcher. And she's a badass. Bar none. She's a stone-cold badass. However, she, unlike some of the other characters who get much more... Uh, inflated inflated backstory and the other continuities she's one and done she d- does her job and she leaves at the end of the series she's still hunting for ryoko because spoiler alert again ryoko is believed to be dead after the assault on jirai and but she's not going to give up she, she's got a mission she's going to get ryoko she's going to get that bounty she's going to take that head in she's motivated uh in the introduction when i when we were doing introductions for the players in the podcast I did the slap and said, this guy is Ryoko's. That is a quote directly from Tenshi Universe Episode 10, where Nagi walks up to Tenshi, who is crucified on her ship, mind you, walks up to, walks up to a crucified Tenshi, grabs his jaw, cups his face. In any other series, she would probably kiss him and said, oh, I really love this man. This, I can see why all these women are, are surrounded by you. No, that's not what the fuck she does. Here's what she does. Slaps him on the face and says, this guy is Ryoko's, turns and walks away. She has no interest in the main character. She has no care, no interest in the title character at all, which I have to say is to her credit. Unlike many of the other characters, uh, Ryoko and I in particular, as well as the other characters who get attracted attention for some stupid reason in later series, um, Nagi has no interest in him. She's there for one purpose and one purpose alone, and that's to be that's to be awesome, and that's to get her job done. Uh, I, I also kind of think of her as kind of a dark counterpart to not only Ryoko but Kione as well, because Kione is the straight-laced police police detective. If Kione went rogue, I could see her becoming Nagi pretty easily, and that would be that's kind of a dynamic that isn't isn't illustrated, but it's one I'd like to I would like to see. Um, honorable mentions. I got to throw out to my boys at Zaka and Kamidake. The, the, they start out as guardians in the OVA and as in, in Tenshi in Tokyo, and they have a very brief cameo in I Tenshi. But in Tenshi Universe, those two are actually the avatars of two knights who were loyal to the ruling to the ruling family of the Jirai royal family millennia ago. They are Arthurian legend, and when they rise and take out a, spa- a, a essentially a Jiraiyan destroyer ship by themselves. Two guys blow the hell out of a spaceship. I'm sold. And from there on, it's just badassery. You don't get to see a lot of the two of them, but they face up against Kagato. They face against dark versions of themselves. It's I love the hell out of the two of them, and I really, really would like to see like to see more of them. But I give honorable mentions because they haven't been as fleshed out as, say, the other characters have been. 
All right. All right. <laughs> Man, I tell you, that's, uh, it, it's, uh, I'm with you guys there. Um, and, and also those are some great shout outs. Um, because apart from a few, um, you know, not really notable exceptions of mine, um, particularly, you know, starting in like OVA three, you know, really I, I echo what Peyton said is, um, you know, basically there, there's no main character or even a side character you know, whom I despise other than I'll just go ahead and list them, uh, you know, Lady Seto uh, and Noiki. And you see like Seto, I think more in GP anyway, spinoff. But anyway, uh, let's see. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, Hoshi's fun. She, she gets away with things that no one else would be able to. She's this foil for Washu, the incredible greatest genius, greatest scientific mind in the universe, Washu. And her only foil is Mahoshi. I, I always thought it's kind of like a uh, Dexter and Didi dynamic. <laughs> get out of my laboratory, Mahoshi. Um, the, the things she could just get away with, um, you, you know, she just had this innocence about her that, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, re- I didn't mean to do that. Oh, you know, the ditzy blonde. I mean, she, she's just absolutely through and through. And it's a shame that the uh, original OVA did not have uh, what Universe and uh, Tokyo and other iterations mention have with uh, Kione. And uh, those two are just just such a fun pair, um, you know, like you see often in many other works, uh, Ruin Explorers, you've got uh, Trigun, you've got uh, Millie and Merrill, you've got Gunsmith Cats. I mean, just just those two should have had their own spinoff. OK, but <laughs> not to go down that uh, rabbit hole. But um, I also I, I you know, I I enjoyed Aika. Um as Will said, she does get a lot of growth and development, and uh, and it is a very multifaceted character. And a uh, as as I've always put it, <laughs> um, a worthy adversary for Ryoko, uh, as I would put it. And of course, Washu is just you 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 can't not love Washu. I mean, I, really, you know, I I I would love to meet the person. Okay. I probably really wouldn't actually, I'd have a few choice words for him or her, but I was going to say, I would love to meet the person who, who doesn't love Washu because she's just, she's just has this infectious charm about her. She's just the ultimate, ultimate pinnacle of being a smart ass, but she gets away with it somehow. And she's just, uh, uh, in the, in the English dub KT vote, uh, another example of, of, of perfect casting there. She's phenomenal. Um, but you know, if there is only any one character who really just captured my heart when I first saw Tenchi as a young lad, of course, it's the space pirate slash ancient demon Ryoko. She absolutely captured my heart and she, she's always going to be my favorite Tenchi Muyo character. There's just, there's, there's too much. I, I, I've said on multiple podcasts elsewhere, all the reasons, um, you know, I just, I adore that character. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just, she's just so vivacious. She's so fun. She was so, so much her own, you know, she's just, just such a, uh, she, she's almost this representation or this manifestation of freedom, uh, whether it's the fact that she can, uh, and more so in universe, we see she's the space pirate. She goes with Rio Oki. She can get on her spaceship and go anywhere she wants at any time as she elects to do for a time in Tenchi in Tokyo. Or whether it's just she can float around. She's ethereal. She can just float around. She can go through walls. She, so I think that 
Whereas again, a lot of other derivative works or other works nowadays, I think would just kind of go, oh, like let's, you know, let's let's name this character after something popular right now, or oh, let's just give him these superpowers because it's really cool. That just again shows the writing and how much went into these characters. You could say this about any of the main characters, but you know, for example, Ryoko, like I was saying there, the way she can pass through walls, the way she can, you know, the, the, she she doesn't know boundaries. She doesn't really know limitations she doesn't uh she doesn't follow rules very well um and also there's a hilarious scene you mentioned the uh the onsen episode paying the the bathhouse uh the reaction that a viewer might expect and that nobuyuki was probably expecting when he was being a perv and trying to peek was uh you know the the you know maybe some screams if they got noticed and you know oh, get out you perv and that kind of thing but ryoko's right there right there just buck naked just just looking right at him just being like well hey what what are you doing up here and that that just that i think that that boldness just completely took him off guard and uh you know i i've said it before and i'll might as well say it now you know it's just i think even that as much as that episode was just about yes just fan service it is what it is but also i think that showed a lot of her character when she's just oh it's only natural to take a bath naked of course i'm naked i'm taking a bath like that's so much of her character she wears her personality and her emotions on her sleeve. And basically what you see is what you get. And she doesn't really know how to hold back much. Um, and uh, I definitely liked what I saw when I first saw this, um, this spiky haired cat eyed demon space pirate. We all know as Ryoko. Well, all right, moving into that was very interesting. Uh, a lot of takeaways that, that we've already brought up, uh, for example, like, um, you know, and, and you can always get more takeaways. I, I don't know if I've ever thought about that. Like you were saying, uh, Will, about kind of this almost this Arthurian element to like the Awakening of the Knights or even when Tenchi is first getting uh, pulling sword Tenchi out, almost literally pulling it out of a out of a stone there. Um, so but just just going into that kind of thing uh, or maybe, you know, how it was marketed or some of the themes or, of course, we mentioned characters and stuff. Uh, basically. What do you think is is one of the the main reasons that Tenshi Muyo remains so beloved and so popular? Because he, as of right now, as as Will mentioned, had a 2014 miniseries um, where they got back Tenshi Universe and director of the two films uh, Nagishi and uh, did a great job. And uh, and even now there's uh, you know more OVA along the way, riding the coattail of the brand name that is uh, Tenshi Muyo that seems to just uh, you know, never run out of mileage. So why do you think that is that it, it's um, it, it has this enduring quality about that? Well, I mean, I'm I, I'm going to put in my biased opinion and then on a more critical opinion here. Um, I, I think I'll start with a critical opinion, though, and that's that unfortunately, uh in in recent times it's starting to really lose its steam i don't think it has quite kept up its face as well as i i had hoped it would because not because it's not good i mean it's it's freaking amazing but unfortunately we are inundated with so many generic rom-coms now 
that people don't even give Tenchi a chance, and they say they hear, oh, there's a bunch of girls, oh, it's a harem anime, and oh, it's, well, yeah, it may be the godfather of it, but that just means it did all the same stuff, and then it's been copied a million times. Well, I mean, while that's true to an extent, people don't really know much about Tenchi, and most of the people that quote-unquote hate Tenchi or think Tenchi's a waste of time or this or that or the other, or I know John and I have had our uh, tussle with a few internet trolls with that, um, a lot of them have not actually seen any of the Tenchi verse other than uh, the reason why I would say it's starting to lose some steam, which is stuff like uh, War on Geminar or Galaxy Police, some of these spinoffs that don't do it justice. And um, I mean, I'm not sure if we're going to touch on this bag of worms later, but uh, there there is a uh, rift between Kajishima and uh, the Tenchi-verse, as it were, and that's kind of a fan debate, and people tend to uh, get a little hostile about it, so I'm, I, uh, unless we talk about it in depth, I won't touch on it too much here, other than the Tenchi-universe, for all intents and purposes, probably should have kept together as a unified force, but it kind of divided between a couple people, uh, and people have their preferences on who did a better job of it. Um, but I think because of some of that division, they've lacked some of the unified marketing and strong push to keep them going as a really long-lived franchise. Because I think if they'd had that um, and a really united front, I think they could have lasted uh, as popular as, say, maybe a Dragon Ball Z has done. Because, I mean, how many freaking remakes has that thing had these days? Uh, I'm pretty sure they're in God mode now, literally, but I'm not going to touch on that too much. Um, but on my more biased, my more personal opinion, as far as why it has remained so popular with its fans, with the people that truly knew it, it's because unlike, I mean, we talk about a lot of 90s and 2000s and, you know, just early tsunami anime like the childhood nostalgia power hour stuff and a lot of those shows are wonderful they're great they are unique they are um they have some charm about them i mean it was anime renaissance like it was amazing however the thing that makes tenchi stand apart is that its driving power does not simply come from the nostalgia of it or from how many times it has been remade or repurposed or been used as a trope. It comes from the fact that this was a uniquely special brand. This, like, I'm going to call it a brand because I, I don't know that it's small enough to really deserve being called just an anime or just a series. This thing has its own life. It has its own wondrous quality about it that keeps it in your head no matter, you know, how many times you watch it, no matter how long it's been since you've seen it. Everyone that's, like, truly gotten into this series really never loses it in their hearts. And I think that is a special quality that, very very few franchises can ever claim to have made and i know it's that way for me i know it's that way for all three of us here i know it's that way for a lot of fans out there and while it may be disappointing to see a lot of the uh spinoffs slash other you know artists trying to emulate what they did and kind of cheapening the overall thing this mixed grab bag of a show has it 
such an enduring, powerful essence to it that I really don't think anyone who has ever seen it will not be changed by the experience. Wow, man, that was that was a heck of an answer. That really was. I and I, I've, <laughs> you know, we've 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 all been having these kind of discussions. Me and Will and others have, have for years, and that was. Uh, that was that was really profound. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Will, what do you think? Uh, both both as a as a brand uh, franchise, as Paid said, and and uh, perhaps on a on a personal note, uh, if you care to share, uh, why has Tenchi been able to endure over the decades? Well, I'm going to do my best because uh, unlike you, John, I am not a prof- uh, learned critic. Um, I am <laughs> my professions my professional skills lie elsewhere. But from what I recall from my days of learning literary criticism many moons ago when I was in college was that what makes a good story? Uh, So I think some people have said that there are only seven different stories that can be told, and here's the thing. Tenchi does a lot of them, and more importantly, it has all the different archetypes you would expect from an epic-level story. Uh, from an ep- from, not just epic level, epic level, and that silly th- silly term that gets thrown around the internet. I'm talking about actually literary criticism term an epic story. You have a he- a protagonist who has a journey. You have his group that fought fa- that fought that assists him in this in this journey. And there is a, a, at least in some of the series, there is actually a tangible goal they are trying to obtain. Facing Kagato, whether it's w- when he's the ruins buster or when he's the usurper of Jirai. Facing Yugi when she's ter- uh, starting to freeze time in Tokyo, much like Final Fantasy VIII. Trying to understand what happened to this alternate alternate world when you're looking at Itenshi, uh, facing Kane and and trying to preserve t- the timeline in the first in the first movie, facing um, facing Yuzuha in the second movie, uh, dealing with the f- different emotions that are that are given by Haruna and the mind control that she has in the third movie, you have. A tangible goal, and you have this group. This this group, much not I wouldn't directly make an analog to Lord of the Rings, but you have this group of people who have this common goal, and each of them has their roles. You have the sage, this this sage sage wise man, which is obviously very clearly Katsuhito. You have the brash brawler, very emotional character, which is Ryoko. You have the princess archetype, sometimes damsel in distress, sometimes fighter herself, which is Ayaka. You have uh, the bu- the bumbling comic relief, which is Mahoshi. You have the very someone who's very sage in the current wisdom, which is which is Washu, very technically minded. You have Kione, who's very practical and very and very 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 organized in the way she the way she approaches things. You have these you have the father character, which is Nobuyuki, which to his credit in both Hazagawa's novels and in later later parts of the universe he plays much more the father role i remember him uh when tenchi's going actually going to jirai in episode 24 in episode 24 i i sometimes fudge that number because that's an episode sometimes i don't want to watch but where he's looking at looking at his son and says tenchi i know i know your grandfather has faith in you and so do i he's kind of the kind of the moral center of the of this in many ways tenchi in tokyo uh does that as well when he tries to help his fa- help his son uh, understand his feelings with Sakuya. Every character has their place. Every character has their role, and when when written well, 
those roles come out immediately. I was uh, I had a house guest this last couple of weeks, uh, a fellow fellow writer person uh, by the name of Jason. Uh, he and I watched through the OVA series from beginning to end, for better or for worse, and we critiqued it as we went along. And after we finished the third series, we immediately switched to Universe and watched some select episodes to kind of get the story back in our heads and kind of th think about the fun times and the good times. And he said, yes, we could, see, we could see the characters clearly. We could see the writing clearly. And that's one thing I have, have that makes me love this show so much. It has such great characters when the writing is done well. When the writing's good, it is damn good. This, why does this franchise, why does this or group of series have such staying power? Bluntly, it's because it has something for everyone. If you like someone who's brash and in the fight, you're gonna love Ryoko. You will. If you love the character, if you like the character who's reserved and much, but has her moments of moments of anger, you will have Ayaka. If you like the bumbling character, you have Mahoshi. If you like the Arthurian legend, you have the knights in the later part of the un later part of the universe. There is something here for everyone. There's high space adventure. There's rom com. There's sitcom. There's Everything you would want in this, and as much as I, it pains me to say this, the later series have integrated in much more common and more modern ideas of what the harem genre is. So if you like the harem genre, the later series are for you. Uh, if you like dramatic tension, you may well love the, set, the second Tenshi Muyun love film with, by Hiroshi Nagishi, which is Died in the Wool, one of the best drama. There's not a lot of fight. There's no fighting in it at all. It is just a simple human drama. There's sci-fi elements, but it's really just between two women or three women and a man. That is it. That's the story. Go. There, there's, there's this Back to the Future type story, which is the Tension Moon Love movie that got me into this. There's so many different stories that are told in this universe, and there's so many stories that could be told in this world. And that's what I think keeps bringing people back is because some people, um, myself included, as well as many fans back in the day, we wanted to have those stories. Some of us wrote those stories and uh, insert shameless plug here, but that's why people love it so much. It is so versatile. The universe is your Easter egg ready for you to just jump in there and do whatever kind of adventure you can possibly have. And you have this cast of this spectrum of characters ready for ready for an adventure to hit them in the face and say let's do this and that's unfortunately i have to throw say this some of the later series fall on its face because all they do is they sit in the house and talk and yet many of the other tangential series i say tangential loosely go on the high space adventure and that is i think why the series ha has such staying power is that it is so versatile and we are always ready for that next trip into the black in the into the wide black yonder wow i tell i tell you folks this is turns and looks at camera now <laughs> this is one of those moments i'm just half thinking maybe i should just shut the hell up cuz that's I, there's no there's no topping that. There's certainly no topping your guys' answers. I'm sorry, there's no, John. No, no, there's no putting a cap on that. That's 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 fantastic. But uh, just if I may, to I'll go ahead and throw some of my own two cents. Um, you know, like like uh, as you touched upon, Payton, there, there's some of that nostalgia there a little bit since it was on Toonami and 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 like Inuyasha. 
like Dragon Ball Z, like, you know, pick your Gundam series. A lot of people will, that spark of memory will, oh, oh, yeah. And there's a little bit of that nostalgia element, but absolutely there's, uh, there, there's, there's so much more to that with people. Um, as, uh, as our own Ray said on the El Hazard episode, when we were kind of comparing and contrasting a little bit, um, it, it's, uh, and, and as we mentioned a little bit here, there's, there's some of those, um, kind of universal sci-fi elements where you, you mix in universal themes, like the, the original Star Wars did very well. You have these very universal themes, uh, or just borrow from Akira Kurosawa, but no. <laughs> Uh, very uh, universal, timeless themes, like you said. Go going back to the the, the great epics of uh, of ancient Greece um, and uh, and other ancient cultures since time immemorial, like you said, will. Um, so it, it it has that with a very unique package of 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 um, characters and uh, a story to deliver a lot of those timeless themes. So I I think I will say and 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 as we have all demonstrated and our listeners painfully know, I'm sure. We could all keep going and going and going about these very complex, very real, very human, even if they're not technically quote unquote human in any case, uh, these very human characters. Um, how I think that is, if there's one key element of Tenshi Muyo, I think that is it. I, I think it is these characters who, again, it, it's not abnormal for a big franchise or brand to have uh, to have a lot of other spinoffs uh, to show up in other mediums like you know video games or in Japan some visual novels or manga feature length films etc. But Tenchi the Tenchi cast is one of those few things that I can think of off the top of my head. One of the very few things, and I don't, I don't just mean anime, I mean anything, where the characters are so larger than life. And I don't just mean that as a throwaway cliche. I mean, they really are. It, no one movie or series can contain them. And, and so when you see them, even, even in the, uh, some of the, the, the spinoffs where it seemed like they were kind of, uh, reaching their limits almost. You had uh, Pretty Sammy, where you have Sasami is a magical girl, and they were kind of tapping into the Sailor Moon popularity of the time. Uh, even even there, where Kione and Washu and uh, Ryoko and Aika are very supporting characters, never have I seen a, a Tenshi Muyo product where uh, it, it felt that the, the original characters were stretched past their limit. Like it, it never felt like, okay, like we, I mean, even seeing, uh, this, this new, newest iteration that I've seen, you know, I Tenshi Muyo, a mini series, which couldn't be funded by the then bankrupt AIC was, was funded by the, by Takahashi city and by basically by fans wanting some more Tenshi Muyo, some classic Tenshi, if you will, uh, you know, even there, there was, there was, there was more to be said. There was more to uncover with these characters. There were, uh, more adventures to be had and more intellectual and emotional avenues to explore. And so I, I think that's its secret to its staying power. The other thing really about it, and I, it, it's, it's kind of funny how, uh, was mentioned, um, the way it, it started out, it really wasn't, you know, Naoka Hasegawa's or Hiroki Hayashi's. It might have been Masaki Kajishima's character designer, Masaki Kajishima's intention all along. Um, but for the most part, when they were making the first OVA, they weren't setting out to make the quote-unquote harem genre. It just kind of, you know, as we've said, 
uh, elements from that and the simple premise of, hey, what if all these girls went for one guy and then he got all the girls or something uh, was extrapolated later. And uh, sorry to say it for some series out there, I won't name them, uh, but, you know, so a lot of those harem rom-coms are just watered down lesser copies of Tenchi Muyo, to, to be blunt. So really, Tenchi Muyo, as we've said, like, like uh, as Will said, if you like the later stuff, if you like the basically the two groups of people, and you can do this with any group, right? You can go, there's only two kinds of people in this world, people with blonde hair and people who don't have blonde hair. I know you can do that with anything, but really you've got those two demographics, people who like the harem genre and harem anime and people who really don't care for that. And oddly enough, Tenshi Muyo caters to both. Um, uh, you, the, the newer stuff you've got caters to the, har- to the harem crowd. The original, and I know we've discussed this at, at other points, um, Will, and I'm sure with, with you as well, Peyton, what drew people in, American audiences, audiences in the UK, in Japan, all around the world, the hook that Tenshi Muyo had, ultimately, not just its, it, 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 it wasn't, it didn't rely just on its hook, because as we've discussed, it had amazing in-depth characters and interesting stories and adventures, a cute Cabot mascot. Uh, it, it had about everything going for it that, that it needed and then some. Uh, but th- what I always compared it to is, is I don't really watch it myself, but Think of how popular, and for some reason, it 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 doesn't. It's not going anywhere uh, anytime soon, it seems. But think of those shows like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and why are those shows appealing to people? And you could say, oh, they're into trashy reality TV or the drama or whatever. Basically, the reason those shows work is it's a v- incredibly simple premise. That's that 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 is the you know the, the linchpin for the drama. It, what garners the the attention and the views is everybody's wondering whether it's the bachelor or the bachelorette they're wondering who is so and so going to pick who are they going to end up with nobody watches the bachelorette or the bachelor i get them you know, i'm getting them mixed up here but you know when there's the you know the the one guy and a bunch of uh, female candidates or one uh lady and a bunch of uh male suitors nobody's thinking like oh he should just pick them all he should just like give all of them a rose and like like that that's not that's not what's going to happen, right? There's the the drama, the rivalry, the elimination, uh, all of that stuff, and then it's eventually who's he going to pick? And that was, I think, was was one of the big draws that Tenshi Muyo had going for it. It was it was more had more tact, at least initially, <laughs> than the Bachelor or the Bachelorette. I apologize if I offended any Tenshi Muyo and Bachelor or Bachelorette fans out there, but. Um, but I, I I have observed over the years, and that's just my personal musings on it, is I think that was one of the things that really hooked people, too, is you had these intense rivalries, which we've, we've already uh, expressed in this cast, uh, sometimes for fun, sometimes people took it a little too far. It was, uh, I tell you, people, it's sound like a like a war veteran you weren't there like you you had the uh you know the miyokio camps you've got the 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 fun-loving washu fans and then you had of course oh you had the there was the outlying tears of like team sakaya but then there is uh or, or people trolling just saying oh noike just to be contrarian but then you had team ryoko and team aika and you have and to this day i know there's there's some still out there just these just zealots on either side that no tenji he he and Ryoko were meant to be, and then you've got the just on the other side of the aisle. No, it's Aika and 
Lord Tenchi, Tenchi-sama, they are meant to be together, don't you see, you you incompetent buffoon. So it's, I think that's that, and I mean, everything else that you guys listed, it's just, it has so much going for it. And, you know, I literally have a memory of trying to introduce it to a friend of mine, uh, and he literally said, oh man, you know, like if I had to push it, I didn't want to push him into it, obviously, I don't want to push anybody into any title, you know, otherwise you're probably not going to enjoy it on some level. But um, I, I was pitching it to him, and he's like, "Oh man, dude, I just, I just got done with watching like a bunch of harem rom com. I'm, I'm worn out of it, man." And I was like, "Okay, I, I understand, I understand." But I thought I was thinking in my head. I didn't say it aloud, but I was like, "Oh darn it! If I could just inverse the order, if I could undo you seeing all of those lesser ones, and it's like just save yourself the trouble. Just watch Tenji Muyo, and you'll have a fun ride. You'll have a space adventure, and oh yeah." You know, almost almost an afterthought, but one of the most entertaining aspects of it is, oh, by the way, during all of this, um, you've got girls with superpowers fighting each other and sometimes strangling uh, the, 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 the male character, who, by the way, that was a good point you brought up, uh, Will. Uh, Tenchi is not this caricature of a, uh, a, a, a visual novel player. You know, he, he, he actually had some personality. He, was a, he is a simple country boy. But he had personality. He had backbone. Um, he, he wasn't just this, you know, this, uh, wet napkin of a, of a, you know, lifeless character that was literally just this inanimate object of all these girls' affection for plot purposes. But, uh, I, I digress on that front. Um, it just, uh, it's got all this stuff going for it. And I think, I think it will always be inexplicable on some level. The reason why Tenchi Straight up uh, from a, a commercial standpoint, I think the reason why, um, you know, the likes of Kadoshima and AIC president who has seen better days, Toro Miura, the way they're able to still ride on the coattail of Tenshi Muyo, it's kind of like uh, Star Wars or Star Trek, really. You might have a, a, a bad individual film or a bad stint or, you know, you ask like some very old school and very passionate star wars fans you know that'll tell you all oh, the prequels oh george lucas uh but commercially they did fine why because it's star wars you slap star wars on the title it's gonna sell it's the same with tenshi muyo and i don't know if that will will ever change it seems like sometimes they're trying their damnedest to to make it so it is not so anymore um but again i digress all right well gentlemen as we're winding down toward the tail end of this cast and i know we kind of touched upon this probably with favorite characters but you know what let's just let's just get straight to the point i know this is going to be tough but let's just say if you got to ship let's say any two characters if you want but i I had initially thought of like tenchi and what girl you got to pick one if you had to pick one who's he going to end up with who would it be ryoko Oh wait, was I supposed to have a longer answer than that? <laughs> no, not uh, 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 <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, there's not much I can say on this one other than it's. I will say, not only in terms of in in show, particularly in universe, and I'll touch on that a bit later because I mean, all of them are. <sighs> All of the iterations of Tenchi kind of lean it one way or other. But I'm just going to say right now, Ryoko, 100% every day, all day. Um, I think it shows in the casting, or like in the cast itself, in the characters. I think it shows in their interactions. I think despite 
you know, Tenchi's annoyances, sometimes with Ryoko's way over the top, you know, just constantly, Ryoko, just, I'm so, you know, just so annoyed. But yet he never ceases to try to help her through things. He never ceases to have faith in her. He never ceases to to cease with her, if that makes sense. Like, those two are a perfect pairing. He is mild enough that he helps calm her down, and she is wild enough that she helps keep him feeling alive. And I really don't know if it can go much further in my descriptions than that, other than I will also say uh, dubbed voice actors. If you hear the, uh, not only in show, but outside of show at conventions or things like that, if you hear the two of them talking about each other and to each other of the the voice actors themselves, they have such amazing chemistry. I I really, I think, I know as weird as that is to have an kind of a, like, oh, the voice actors get hit it off. Well, it reads into the show. It really, especially if you grew up with the dub, it bleeds into that show in such an amazing way, not to knock any of the other fandom ships or anything like that. But there's something really special about that pairing. And I, since the first episode of the first OVA, uh, there's never been a doubt in my mind who he's supposed to be with. Right on, right on. Thank you for uh, stretching out your answer, your succinct answer there. Uh, Will, what say you? I've over the past almost 20 years I've seen I've seen Tenshi ship with just about everything. My answer is going to be uh Kenoki and Ryooki. No. <laughs> I'm going to ship them. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ship the two like of them. Oh, the little cabbits. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about with, I thought you were talking about with Tenshi. Oh, minute. sorry. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Where's no. your mind at? We're sitting no. in here with yeah. freaking Masaki Kajishima, Payton, and I didn't even know oh, well, it. How about that? Let's... That's why. That, I'm going to get into that in the general discussion because that's my uh... pet peeve with the – anyways. You know, I'll go ahead before I get into it. Okay. Oh, a little okay. Kenoki and Ryoki. Sorry. Proceed, uh, Will. I, I was throwing that out as kind of a kind of a throw throwaway joke. Is uh, Kenoki and Ryoki aren't they so bloody cute? Look at them! Look at them in episode twenty, which is the which is the swimsuit episode. They're so cute. They're all doing uh, hearts and fuzzy and yay. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, who would I ship Tenchi with? Well, I've written at nauseum of this for the past nearly twenty years, but I'll I will say that. I'm actually going to do it this way. Look at the cast. You have I- Ryoko, you have Ayaka, you have Washu, you have Sasami, you have Mahoshi, you have Kione as the main character. I'll, th- I'll even throw Sakui in there. Okay? You have seven, seven main female characters across the board. And no Masaki Kajishima, Ryoki doesn't count. So you have seven, char- so you have, see, seven female characters. Okay? Let's do some arithmetic here. Sakiu crops up as Tenshi's basically Tenshi's girlfriend in the in uh, Tenshi in Tokyo, and she is a main character throughout the entire series. So I'm gonna leave her leave her be. Okay, Kione does not care really about Tenshi romantically. She's very pragmatist. She's very career driven. So she's not gonna be. Int- I don't foresee her being unless something dramatic happens, which I've read some stories where something dramatic happens and somehow Tenshi gets with Kione. But unless something dramatic happens. I don't see it. So, ten, so uh, Kione, I'm sorry, dear, you're out. Uh, Mahoshi. In the later series of OVA, it starts 
show starts indicating that Mahoshi would see, seem to have some relationship with Tenshi. However, if you look at anything that's not the later OVA, even the first OVA really, except when she's drinking a lot of sake, she kind of sees Tenshi as this this native Earthling. Oh my God, you're the native people. She doesn't get, really have that much of an attraction to Tenshi. Look at the other series. Look at Universe. Look at Tokyo. She's much more trying to be with Kione. She's the odd. Kione and Mahoshi are the odd couple. To introduce Tenshi into that mix breaks up the that chemistry. So I don't foresee that working, especially if you look at Hazagawa's first novel, Hexagram of Love, where you have Pete. I love me some Peter Finlay. And there's where Mahoshi's going. So uh, Mahoshi, I'm sorry, dear, you're out. Now, let's look look at who, who we got left. Let's see. We have Washu, Sasami, Ryoko, and Ayeka. Washu, she is more interested in the science of why Tenshi can do what he can do, as well as just making crazy ga- She doesn't care. <laughs> let's be honest. She doesn't really care about many per- interpersonal relationships, particularly outside of the OVA series. And even in the OVA series, at some point, when they full god mod her ass, she basically is so above everything that... Uh, okay, she's out. Um, then we get to Sasami. Sasami's eight years old and compared to Tenshi, who's traditionally 16 or 17. He, she, he's twice her age. Now, I've heard arguments of, oh, when she grows up, ten, there, the, the age difference won't make a big deal. That might be true, but one, you're a creeper, and two... Uh, Look at, look at, she looks more to, if you look at how she's written in just about every continuity, she always sees Tenshi as sort of an older brother figure. Tenshi Onichan is how uh, uh, Chisa Yokoyama pronounces, uh, addresses him most of the time. In which case, she doesn't see him romantically. Okay, she has a cru- I think in pre Sammy she has a crush on him a couple times, but that's those things last like maybe an episode or two, and then it's over and it's gone and it's and it's done with. So I'm ruling t- Sasami out outright. So that really only leaves three characters. There's Sakuya, there's Ryoko, and there's Ayaka. You could even throw Harna in there, arguably, because Harna was Harna was essentially Tenchi's uh, Tenchi's common law wife in Tenchi Moon Love Two. I'm ruling Harna out because Harna was deceased. Her spirit was living on through her tree, but she herself was deceased, so there's not really going to be a long... Hell, the entire plot of the story is that to keep her spirit manifested, she has to be drawing off of Tenchi's, Tenchi's uh, dry power, his life force, to, man- to maintain her existence. That wasn't going to last forever. There's no way. So I'm ruling Harn out as well, just because of the nature of what she was. So that leaves three characters. There's Sakuya, there is uh, Ryoko, and there's Ayaka. I will be honest, most of the writing, as Peyton has said a moment ago, points directly to Ryoko. Look at all most of the mainline series. At the end of, ten, at the end of Tenshi Universe, who is Tenshi standing next to? At the end of Tenshi Muyo in Love 2, who is Tenshi standing next to? Look at the end of I, Tenshi Muyo, who is Tenshi standing next to? At the end of Tenshi in Tokyo, who is Tenshi sitting next to on that tree limb? Okay, Look at the OVA. Who is the one who wants to be the first to hug, hug Tenshi at the end after everything? Who is standing next to Tenshi when Kagato is defeated? It's, it's Ryoko every damn time. Look at Hazagawa's first novel, Hexagram of Love. Hazagawa herself, screenwriter for the first OVA series pr- proper, and 13 novels on top of it, not to mention the movie that was, that was uh, adapted from her 10th novel. 
at the end of that story, when they when she's unfortunately has to shoehorn in the gods because Kajishima said uh, said so, uh, or at least mentioned them, and she went, "Oh shit, I should put those in." Um, the gods are looking down at Ryoko and saying, "She's the one. She is the one." The writing's there. The writing's on the wall. The writing points directly to Ryoko, bar none, on just about every series. Now, Sakuya. And I, can I could take an argument for Sakuya intention in Tokyo for the sheer purpose that a lot of the writing for her, for him in that series is pointing towards her because he's he's been living with these these as uh, he's been living with these women for about two years at this point, and he wants something different. He he needs an escape. He I can see him him I can see him dating. He did date Sakuya for a while. Now one could say again Sakuya was a projection of Yugi. So, in one case, kind of like Haruna, she gets she gets kind of axed off because, well, you, uh, Yugi terminated her existence outright, and that leaves just uh, Tenshi and Yugi. Then you get into kind of the creeper territory again. If hell, at the end of Tenshi in Tokyo, uh, Yugi sucks Tenshi into this kind of this, this little pocket uh, fantasy, much like Haruna, oddly enough, where. He can. Li he has the choice to live out his days with Sakuya. He actually chooses to do so. Tenshi chooses to stay in that world. It is Sakuya who says, "No, you need to go out, and you need to you need to save this, stop Yugi from doing what she's doing." You Sakuya is rebelling against her creator. There's a lot of kind of uh, metaphysical ideas of creator versus cre creation that you could talk about there. Uh, but in that series, Tenshi chooses her outright. He chooses to stay with her because he wanted to be with her. So I can make an you can make an argument for Saki. I can see one. I can see one. It's it's has a lot of problems with it because again, if Tenshi stays with her, his life basically and everyone he cares about, all of their lives are basically going to come to an end. So that would be bad end for the whole world. But I can see a case for it. Ayaka. The more I read about Ayaka particularly in Hazagawa's novels, and the more I see uh, translations of, the, of Hazagawa's work, the more I think that Ayaka might have a damn good chance. Um, all, even then, in the, in the writing of Universe, I could, see a con uh, I could see a chance for Ayaka there as well. Uh, reason being is because that when you see her actually talking to Tenshi and asks, she tempts him with ascending the throne to be with her, Twice. In episode 23, when they actually get to the Jiraiya Imperial Villa, Ayaka essentially wa Tenshi walks off and is just kind of thinking about, who am I? I I've got this Jiraiya royal blood. I'm part of this lineage. He's, just, he's considering who he is. Ayaka goes and what goes after him. And she talks about, talks about what it is to be royal, what it, is, what it means to be part of the Jiraiya royal family. And she tempts him. She outright says... It is you, Ten. I'm only a member of one branch family. You are the lineal descendant of the proper of the uh, person who should be emperor. You should ascend the throne, not me. And moreover, if you ascend the throne, I can be with you always. She does it again in the in the final episode when he when Tenshi has chosen to leave Jirai. She does it again, and she says, "You could have anything if you chose to be emperor, Tenshi. Anything you wanted." And of course, he makes the counter argument. Is that really true, Ayaka? If I ascend to the throne, there are certain things that the Jiraiyan Emperor cannot do, and one of them is have that peaceful life we had on Earth. I could say I, I would argue 
especially after Aika basically abdicated the throne at the end of the show. She runs away and goes back to Earth, uh, as illustrated not only by the epilogue of the series, but also by Tenshi Mu in Love 1 and 2, which are sequels to that series. Uh, I could see an argument for Aika. Having said all of this, this big, grandiose, long-winded, and I apologize, boys, for taking all, taking all your time, but at the end of the day, who would, who would I put, ten, ten, uh, put Tenchi with? Who would I put Tenchi with? I've, I've already ruled it down to three people, and I could see a case for all three of them. And by my own writing, by my own theorizing, I'm going to stick with Ryoko. However, I will leave it, uh, leave it open that I can see a case for the other two. So Ryoko, as the most probable case, I'm going to be quantum physics-y about this. The most probable choice would be Ryoko, with Ayaka second and Sakuya probably a, good, probably a solid third. Oh, I see. That was uh, very thorough. Uh, well, I, so with Ryoko being the most probable, but if just – if you were the one pulling the puppet strings and just could anybody you wanted would uh would it would still lean lean Ryoko's way or maybe more Aika's way? What do you what do you think? I would say I would say, John, uh you've you've read Hex I assume you've read Hexagram of Love as well, right? Again, think about how Hazagawa writes Aika and how tragic of a figure she is, not only in OVA one, but in her in that first novel. I could see Tenchi going that direction, and if you look at some of the art from the other from the other uh, novels, uh, the art, by the way, is done by the same. I can't remember the man's name because it's Japanese. Uh, Moon speak to me, but the guy who does the art for Hazagawa's novels after uh, again, Kajishima did a couple of the, like the first cover, and I and Hayashi did a couple couple images too. But the guy who did the bulk of the art for the Hazagawa novels from in Toto. Um, is the same guy who did the a lot of the art design for Universe and the first OVA, and I think Mahoshi Special as well. I'd have to double check that, but he. But if you look at those that, those art pieces again, they're out of context. So I mean, you could read whatever you want into it if you really pushed it far enough. But a lot of those pictures, especially the later ones in the like thir- novel eleven, twelve, and thirteen, which are after Midsummer's Eve, mind you, after m- the whole thing with Yuzuha and Mayuka, which again, to people who I'm not going to say the word, uh, 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 people who believe there's only one t- one timeline to follow. I'm sorry, there is another timeline, and Mids- uh, Midsummer's Eve, Daughter of Darkness, is part of that timeline. Uh, if you look at some of those pictures, Ayaka is featured prominently next to Tenshi. And there's also one scene. It's in the last novel. I really, really, really want context for this fucking picture because that picture has Sasami in the foreground, but in the background is a darkened window with two figures in it. One of them has smooth hair. The other has sort of short, spiky hair. Is that Tenshi and Ayaka in his bedroom? at the top of the house, and Sasami realizes what her sister is doing. I really want context to that damn picture. I have never gotten context for that picture, so I can't read into it any deeper than that. But particularly the way Hazagawa writes with her, with her dynamic female characters, I, I could see a good chance, if the writing is done right, done right that Ayaka would have a good chance. But 
I will acknowledge, and and my, my own personal bias. Again, I'm trying to remove my own personal bias from this as much as possible. It's I love shipping. Ryoko to death. I want your bias. Shipping. I want your that's, bias. That's, <laughs> I say it's shipping. Shipping is literally all bias, as much as I hate to say it, and especially, I I mean, not to knock anyone who uses it, but. Tumblr is the one that ships most, and that should tell you how much coherency and analysis there is to shipping usually. <laughs> so Tumblr hates me. Well, <laughs> Tumblr hates well, me too. It's okay. I, 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 you know, I'm sorry, anyone that I offend through that, but uh, we yeah. all know. It. We all know it. Everyone's thinking it. You were just saying. It. <laughs> well, I actually am not on Tumblr. I might change that because I've decided. I've considered. I'm considering seriously starting a blog, but I haven't done it. Haven't committed oh, to it yet. But. Cool. Uh, maybe we can talk about that later, but uh, long story short, I am very much a logical thinker. It's what I do. It's what I. It's what I do for a professional living, and I'm just reading reading the signs as much as I can. Do I have my bias? Of course I fucking do, uh, and my bias is bluntly towards Ryoko. It always has been towards Ryoko since the since the time I saw uh, since, since I saw Tenchi in Love uh, one back on Sci Fi Channel. I have loved Ryoko since then. However. Being someone who is who being the person that I am, and especially being in in this fandom as long as I have since 1997 and 96 somewhere in there, having seen this thing manifest itself in different incarnations over 20 years, I've grown to appreciate the other characters and moreover what their motivations are. Ryoko is a space pirate, and one thing I that Tenchi in Tokyo taught me above all is that if she got spurned. She would fuck off into the into the in the wide black yonder, and she would start go and she would go back to what she was. She has something to go back to. Ayaka, sort of the same thing. If she got spurned, she could fuck off to the to the back to Jirai and become empress, married to some other guy or whatever. And I think about it. The two of them. What again? What John said a moment ago. What makes Tenchi have such such strong staying power? It's the it's it's the chance. Who is he going to get with? If there isn't competition, if there isn't conflict there, then the question becomes resolved immediately. So there has to, so there has to be a good case one way or the other. I have seen many strong cases for Yoko, and the mo- and the more I think about it, especially the more I read about Ten- about Tenchi from again Hazagawa and others, then the more I see cases for Ayaka as well. And I think that's a strength in one case because it becomes a coin flip. It's a weighted coin. I'm not going to argue. It's a, weighted, it's, a, it's a weighted coin. But given the right circumstances – and I'm not talking like extreme circumstances, like the circumstances that would be necessary to get Keone and Tenchi together. Fuck that. Um, that would be so outlandish you'd have what? to like murder half the cast. You mean, but, you mean random situations like a, a new girl being introduced in the last part of the OVA and – oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Am I I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to touch that because that's garbage, okay? Well, we can talk about – we, we can talk about I plan the on it later. I had to throw that in there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could we could talk about in general discussions, but when when you get down to it, to the, to the core, uh, and and uh, John and I have discussed this at length on forums as well as in person because we did meet that one time, and we and we've talked about it at length via voice chat and what have you. It boils down always relationship wise. If you were to write down a diagram with all the relationships of who knows who and who likes who in most of, again, I'm talking about majority continuities. I'm not talking about someone's uh, official fan fiction here. Okay. I'm talking the majority of continuities and you average over all those continuities. It always boils down to two people. It is Ryoko Ayaka. 
Right? Always is. I can see a case for Sakia because the way Tenshi and Tokyo is written. But other than that, I'm kind of I'm going to go ahead and rule her out too. Is most of the most of the uh, bias towards Ryoko? Of course it is. Look at there was a poll back in 2014, 2015. I forget. Uh, I think uh, uh, Mike, uh, John, one of you two pointed me out to this. I forget who, but there was a poll taken of. Every, uh, essentially, I forget of, of who, of what people, but there was an internet poll, and it was, who should Tenshi get with? 50%, I think over 50% said Ryoko, outright. However, that was that nice, good chunk of about a quarter that were for Ayaka. And that's what I think, again, is one of the things that drives the conflict, is that while the bias is towards Ryoko, in most situations, Ryoko's going to win, I could see... Little changes, not drastic changes like introduce a new character or kill half the cast off. I'm talking like subtle changes. If something went just the wrong way for Ryoko, Ayaka could get him. There is a, there, I could see a strong case for her. However, given the way things usually are, again, without, a, without the right nudges, Ryoko, bar none, and I'm done. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? And uh, three out of three here. I'm just going to say it right quick. Absolutely. Ryoko. Um, and, uh, and, and like you said, uh, Will, and perhaps since, since all three of us are unanimous, I think it's good that we got some advocacy, uh, for some of the other characters because, uh, absolutely. If you, uh, you know, have, uh, been in the fandom for many years, uh, there certainly are cases to be made, um, for, for some other characters, particularly Aika. And of course, that's the fun of shipping is just if someone wants to be like, Oh yeah, Tenshi and Mahoshi. It's like, there's, there's not much, material to support that but you know it's shipping and the funny thing is here um i don't know if i'll keep this in or not but i i i happen to have that i think it's the one you're referencing uh will i happen to have a picture of that uh on my hard drive here i just searched it as you as you brought it up and it's uh i can't remember the the year i don't think it it says on here might have been a a few years ago um but it says uh animeinsider.com and it's a web poll which girl should tenchi end up with in tenchi muyo (laughs) <laughs> Noike three percent, and again, I would bet my right arm two point five percent of that is just to be contrarian and to just be snarky. But whatever. Uh, Mihoshi four percent, Washu six percent, Sasami eighteen percent, Aika eighteen percent. Oh no, Aika's nightmare. She she tied with Sasami, <laughs> and uh, and fifty one percent, Ryoko. So. Ta-da! We don't. <laughs> it People is fun. Spoken. It is fun to see that. It is really fun to uh, when I when I saw that poll. Of course, everybody likes to uh, to have their preferences affirmed in in some way or another. But that is part of the fun of Tenchi is 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 the debate goes on, and I don't think it'll it'll ever be definitively decided. As much as some of us would like that, I think um, I think the people. Um, in charge of the purse strings of the franchise, realize a little bit of what we had touched upon here today, and it is that that's one of the things that keeps people coming back, which I, ironically, either way you go with that, and I think that's probably one of the reasons Tenchi is in limbo in a way, is if you go if you go either way on the extreme, if you go, well, I choose Ryoko, the end. It's kind of like, well, then that's that. It's pretty definitive, unless you want to get into you know, more, even more like a soap opera, like uh, cheating and seeing people behind people's backs or something like that, trying to keep people interested and enticed. Um, but if you go the entirely other way, the Masaki Kajishima route is he he screws everybody. He gets everybody. He gets all damn bitches uh, because 
Oh yeah, there is no including good reason, the cat. but including the freaking adorable cat rabbit mascot. I'll I'll have you. Rio Oki is innocent. Don't I, touch her. I know. Stop I, it. I know it. Yeah. So it, you go that way though, and it's the same reason. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, well, that's one of the reasons you don't see. Uh, Sorry, folks, you're not hearing Tenchi cast much anymore is because when you they seem to be going down the route of, oh, no, he he gets everyone the end. Well, then why do, why am I going to watch it? What what am I sticking around for? And that that was one of those. Um, I almost had an epiphany when when we were getting to that point a few years back uh, when it, it uh, you know, it really looked like that was what its eventual fate was looking more, ever increasingly like it was going to be. Um you know why? Why um, I, I had that realization, this epiphany of like, then why? Then what am I around for? What, what's to keep me? It's, and it's the reason why I've tried. One of the reasons, I I digress. I'm sorry, but but uh, but one of the reasons I've tried on three separate occasions to sit through, not enjoy, not watch and enjoy, get through Tenchi Muyo GP or GXP, as some people like to like to throw in there. It's confusing, I know, but um, and I, I'm a tr- I'm sorry. I'm a trained film critic, and I I couldn't do it. I tried three. To, maybe if you duct tape me to a chair and 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 clothespin my eyelids open, I I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's uh that's that's all I had. Uh, kind of uh, you know uh, scheduled boys. Um, so is there is there any other? I'm almost hesitant to ask, but are there any other uh, avenues or of general discussion that uh, people want to? want to bring up here at the very end my consent my thought was is actually something we we're talking about during the last question which is who would you ship with tenchi blah da, da. and tying into the question before which is why is tenchi remain so popular and why do you still like it or love it again one of the things that has been said all the time is well it's like the bachelor it's who's he going to end up with that's part of the drama and if that was remo- if that question was resolved then that story arc ends so here's my question to both of you, because I have my own thoughts on this, but I submit this question to not only to the two of you, but also anyone in the comments when this gets posted. Could Tenshi Muyo sustain itself after the choice is made? If Tenshi, let's do a hypothetical. If Tenshi does hook up with Ryoko, could we still have action, adventure, and antics after that moment? Do you mind if, do you mind if I... Please? Go first, real quick, Payton. Okay, um, that's because that's an excellent question. And as as one can imagine, uh, I, I've thought about this some uh, a few times over the years. And I would say that uh, yes, it could definitely continue. It would change though, and I think you might lose a lot of people. I, I think you would, but but again, as as we've said, um, as as much as people have invested in Tenchi, and as um, endearing as all of these characters are, even Less so than with any other given series uh, put in the same hypothetical scenario. Uh, I, I think you you would have a lot of people still on board. You'd probably lose a lot of people who were just on board for their favorite pairing or for I want my hair mending or or whatever the case may be there. But I, I certainly think um, you know because it, it would be as we've uh, we've all talked uh, at length about is you would have um, you would have these characters changing and evolving. Uh, which would be a joy to see that frightens your people involved in production 
because it, it's different. It's changing. They want to, as we've, we've commented on before, they, the, this is a commodity. We want, uh, we don't want just absolute unknown random variables. We want, uh, precision and things that we can calculate, uh, to get our, our bottom dollar at the end of the day. And that, that, that's, that's reasonable on some level. But, uh, so, so it, it would have to change. And I, really the first thing that always pops into my head when I, I think of it is I think of, uh, all my goddess. You know, you it really, in a lot of ways, ah, my goddess is kind of like that. That's kind of what could be. That's kind of that would be the future of Tenchi Muyo. Uh, that's a more grown up version of Tenchi Muyo for anyone out there wondering is you have Keiichi and Beldandy. And, you know, it, it's it, it's it's very apparent after a while that it's like, yeah, they're they are an item. They are a couple. And you see, um, particularly in the, the movie, um, shoot, I'm sure someone in the comments or I can post it somewhere later, I'll go, that's what it is. But in the, in the movie, a lot of the drama revolved around, uh, there was this, um, this, this other guy comes in who's voiced in the, the dubbed version. I watched it by, uh, Steve Bloom. So little wonder that this guy was, and he had his own sinister ulterior motives, but he was kind of, he was kind of taking, Bell Dandy away from Keiichi, uh, and he was afraid of losing her as in a romantic sense. And so, it, it, but it, it was it was very uh, it was very much a, an adult drama, and I don't mean adult like you know some sort of um, just cheap fan servicey experience. It was it was uh, it was very well done. And so I would say, could it go on? Uh, yes, it, it would it would definitely change. Uh, but almost you know in, in a way, almost like um, just what comes to mind here, like. You know, we, we've seen Digimon try uh, come out recently where you have the Digidestin, they've grown uh, quite a bit, or you have the, um, you know, when, when I saw however many years ago it was, Toy Story 3, where you have Andy more grown up, he's going off to college. You know, you, you've had, when you have a long-standing franchise um, where, you know, you, you have, you know that a lot of your initial crop, so to speak, of viewers, they were younger when they saw it, and time marches on, and you can get a lot, you can get new people in too who've never seen it, but you also, uh, when you cater to that um, to that initial group of fans who have literally grown up with it, I think that was one of the reasons, you know, Toy Story 3 was so beloved is, is, um, you know, when I went to go see it, it's like, oh my God, I'm going off to college and he's going off to college. It's like, oh my God, I, I can so relate to that. And it's almost like he grew up right alongside with me, even though there's only a couple movies and same thing with Digimon Try. Oh my God, the tie and everybody else is, they're, they're grown up. Oh, this is, a, this is, the, the, it, it's just fun. And so I, I think, um, I'm sorry, very long in the tooth answer, but I think it would, uh, I, I think I, I, I would certainly uh, very personally want to see that. And uh, I, I think it could work because you have this fan base already. And I think they would rather see, instead of it being in this perpetual state of limbo, okay, we've had that, like I said, that hook, the bachelor, bachelorette thing to get you invested, but we've spent so much time learning about these characters, seeing them mature and grow as individuals with their relationships with each other, finding out about themselves, being honest about their feelings for one another and the future and all of that. And so I think that was, uh, if people want a, a what could have been or what could be for Tenshi Muyo, I present Exhibit A, Ah My Goddess. And, you know, I mean, that that's done very well and, and people love it. And, and uh, it, 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 it had, it, I could just see it. Like you could just see it so clearly a more, 
a, a more grown up and early twenties Tenchi dating Ryoko and them being an item. Like I, I could see it. I can see it clear as day. So that's that's my long winded answer. All right. Uh, first of all, I had to remember the question for a second because I got caught up in John's soothing baritones over my headset. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, okay. Tell me a story to put me to sleep, John. <laughs> oh. Uh, I just want to hear you as, like, a, a famous disc jockey one day and hear your, like, soothing sound over the radio. And just, oh, actually, not a disc jockey. No, I want, I want, like, a soothing talk show. Just, yes, we were now returned to the anime power hour. Okay. Anyway, suddenly see John as Neil deGrasse Tyson on Star Talk. Oh gosh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has that delicious voice. It's just great. Uh, If only the things that came out of his mouth weren't so weird. Okay. Hey, I like his science. All right. The galaxy is wondrous and is wondrous place. Measurably huge. Beautiful. That sounds more like Bill Nye. Actually, universe of anime. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pete. All right. No, you're you're good. Okay. So before I get sidetracked anymore by my own hubris okay so i would say yes uh long story short yes it could work um i don't think it could work in the same way it would be tenchi but it would be a very different tenchi i mean you could go a lot of ways with it arguably i personally think weirdly enough i think especially especially if hiroshi nagishi was directing it I think he's got such a talent for very complex, very intricate, very personal storylines. Honestly, I think if they took it not just like a few years like he's dating Ryoko, I think you jump post-marriage, something happens, they get into the interplanetary adventures, things like this, they're out, and he not only has to face whatever is coming at him and, you know, also his inner relationship transformations with all these other girls that have had a very different feel to them but he needs to have some tension honestly like you see it throughout the series as much as i love those two and i very much have already professed i i think those two are meant for each other they do have some things that really rub each other wrong and i think seeing some we see it in small doses in like Tokyo and things like that of their inner relationship strife. I think some trouble in paradise and taking a darker tone to it and realizing that, you know, we all want the festival to continue and the festival to last forever. But after the festival's done, sometimes the realities sink in. And I think seeing the true interpersonal drama and interplay between the two of them, we could, we could really get something going there. Yeah, absolutely. I love that idea. I love that kind of uh, R- Ryoko. You know, we we know her as this uh, as this this hardened space pirate, and seeing her fight the 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 next obstacle of not some grand adventure per se, but it's like you know you've got a couple of rugrats running around, and Ryoko's you know doing the dishes or something, and you know I I could just hear hey pipe down quit do-, you know like oh, oh I'd love to see that uh, with Patria of course, <laughs> um, but uh, but but yeah that that would be a fascinating avenue to explore it is um, adulthood and kind of the the you know the the, the honeymoon's over. Uh, so to speak, and uh, and and you've got all of just the uh, the the banality of quote unquote the rest of your life, and uh, and it, it wouldn't all be perpetual marital bliss, and so it would be amazing to see Tenchi and Ryoko go through some of these struggles, and of course you could 
throw kids in there in the in the mix and and what kind of adventures they could have and uh oh man man so much so much potential for this uh multifaceted franchise well i think that uh we'll put a cap on it there gentlemen of course we could uh, as with probably every other title we could go on and on but uh we'll we'll have to say that's all for now this time and uh thank you ladies and gentlemen out there uh for for tuning in today and for sticking with us for uh another fantastic episode we hope you enjoyed it because we certainly enjoy getting together and talking about anime and then of course throwing it on the internet for uh for all of you to consume and enjoy as well if you uh if you are so inclined uh we've got facebook and twitter uh so you can follow us we're on youtube you could subscribe to us there uh, we've got iTunes. You can check out uh, all of the podcasts there and uh, stick around because we've got more exciting uh, episodes planned. We've got more titles we want to cover. We've got more friends and special guests that we want to have join us and uh, just shoot the breeze when it when it comes to talking about anime. So, And as and- always, we love our fans and would love to hear any of your thoughts, suggestions, etc. in the comments. Absolutely, absolutely. We do like comments and recommendations um, and requests. So thank you again, gentlemen, for your time. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, listeners. And we'll see you next time.